Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's word through his special servant. And now, today's message. How many of us are ready to hear from the Lord today? Oh, are you sure you are ready to hear from the Lord? How many of you are ready to hear from the Lord? If you are ready, say, I am ready. No, the person beside you didn't even hear your voice. I said, say, don't whisper. I said, say, I am ready. No, the person beside you is not catching you. You cannot be looking at me with one eye. I said, say, I am ready. Aha, uh-huh, wonderful. Now we are getting somewhere today. Glory to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us something in the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 10, the verse number 17. And the Bible says over there that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is why I emphasize on you listening carefully to the word of God. The word that you do not hear cannot produce faith. And the faith that you do not have cannot bless you. Do you understand me? So in Acts chapter number 20, the verse number 32, when Paul was about to leave, uh, he was about to be taken to prison. He was with one church and he was sharing with them, I believe it was an efficient church, and was sharing with them a few things. And I'll listen to what he tells them. He said, now brethren, my brothers, my brothers in the Lord, I commend you to God. Why will you commit them, the people to God? Because he knows he may not, be, he may not see them again. He may not see them again. You see, the best inheritance any parent can leave their children is no land, it's no house, it's no money, but it's the word of God. If you want to leave anybody a property, you want to leave somebody something that can take them very far, leave them with the word of God. You see, when you get close to people and you want to make an impact in their lives, the best impact you can make is not giving them money. Maybe you can say, oh, I want to rent a house for you, or I want to buy a car for you, or I want to, uh, I want to do what else can you do for somebody? I want to pay your school fees. Though all those are beautiful things, but they are not the ultimate things. Unfortunately, many church people turn the thing upside down. So when they come to the house of God, one of the things that they are looking for is for material blessings. Yesterday we went for evangelism, and uh, when we came back, and I was taking the debriefing, uh, I was told that one of the the, the soul winners, you see, you are listening to me because you are not there to go on soul winning with us. So I'm having to give you a report, but you should have been in the meeting yourself. What do you think? Oh, you see, you see, powerful to this one. <laughs> Is it guilty conscience or not? Hallelujah. And um, one of the people that we encountered. He said he had been to about two or three churches and he had given up on the church. The church had disappointed him. He said, the church, the church, now I stay in my room and I fellowship with my family. I don't believe in church anymore. Me, I've heard that before. So I said, ah, so what exactly was he disappointed about the church? Immediately I knew. I said, it must be material. I said, yes. So he went to a church and then he said it was a life or death situation and he needed money for a surgery and the church wasn't able to help him. So because of that, he has given up on the church. He has left the church. You see, to somebody may sound like, oh, you see, I've been talking about these things about church. Listen, no, that is, that is the wrong thing. The church is not there to provide your material things. The church is there to give you the word of God. If he had gone to the church and said, oh, church, pray for me that I'll be healed, he would have been in the right. But if he went to the church because he was going to, he was there to receive, so he, you know what he's essentially saying? He said, all of you, the offerings that you give should be given to him for him to go and do whatever he wants to do with it. Now, you, you see how it sounds? You see how it sounds? 
when you come to church and the reason you are in church is because of material things or so so that the church will support me when i'm in trouble or the church will help me when i'm no 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 no. the church can help you and in some cases the church should help you but that is not the main purpose of the church the purpose of the church is the word of god if we can leave you anything that god will say that we have done our work it is leaving you with the truth of god's word the undiluted word of god nothing missing nothing broken about the word that is what you should be looking for in any church in any church that is what you should be looking for in today's christianity many people join church for social reasons so oh so that when I, i when i'm going to get married i'll get a place to do my wedding and i'll get people to come for the program or if there's a funeral, I'll get people to follow me for the funeral. No, the church is not there for, to follow people for funerals. In fact, some of you, your Saturdays have become so busy, and it is busy with weddings, busy with naming ceremonies, busy with funerals, busy with parties, and you think that that is how you spend your weekend. Oh, I've worked all week, and now weekend I have to just relax. No, you see, those are the days you should be winning souls. So your life has become uh, sidelined by these things. So when we say let's go for soul winning on Saturday, some of us cannot even make it. We are not even thinking of making it. Why? Because we have a series of engagements and weddings that we have prepared. Uh, first Saturday, I'm going for this one. Second Saturday, I'm going for this one. Third Saturday, I'm going for this one. And some of us even think it is more priority than coming for soul winning. When you stand before the Lord and they are asking you that what was the value of your life, go and say that, oh, I gave him sour. And see whether the angels will not <laughs> look at you with fire in the eyes. Well, he said, Oh, I preached to this one. I preached to that one. I preached to that one. I preached to that one. You see that the angels will be saluting you. Why? Can I tell you why? The Bible says that there's joy in heaven over one soul, one sinner that repents. So, you, somebody on earth, you are waiting for joy in heaven. A reason for joy in heaven. If you leave anybody anything that will be of value in life, meet the person with the word of God. That's why if you're a parent over here, you should make it a point to intentionally teach your children the word of God. Intentionally expose them to the word of God. Bring them to church. Let the church become their first environment because sometimes because of trying to make ends meet, trying to work out so that you provide for them, you may forget to give them the word of God. So the church will fill in that gap for you. Fill in that gap for you. As some in our day today, even some parents are, 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 are against their children going too much. And they are are you going to church so often? No. It's helping your child. It's helping protect your child. And giving the child a future. You know, uh, was it yesterday or two days ago? Somebody sent me a, a question on uh, on WhatsApp and was asking a question that ah, why did God allow Paul as a then Saul to persecute the church, knowing that he was going to eventually become born again? Because Paul said that I was separated from my mother's womb. So, if he was separated from his mother's womb, how come before he became an apostle, he was persecuting the church and killing Christians? And I replied to her, everybody has two destinies that you can live. Everybody in this world has two destinies. Number one is what God has programmed and purpose for you to live. And number one is what you actually live out. So, when what you live out aligns or you aligns with the what God has purpose for you, that is when you are fulfilling destiny. And the one that you are living is dependent on a number of variables. One of the most important variables that affects the destiny of a human being on the earth is the parents of that person. Because the parents will determine the school that the child goes to, will determine what the person the child hears, will determine a whole lot of things about that child. So whether the child will grow up to become who God has purpose for him to be, it a, a lot depends on the parents. So in the book of Proverbs, it said that train up the child in the way that he should go. Train up the child in the way that he should go. Meaning you can train up the child in the way that he should not go. There's a way the child should go and the way the child should not go, but may go there if it is not if that child is not trained in that direction. Which way are you going in your own life? Are you going in the way that you should go? 
are you going yourself ask yourself am i on the path of destiny that god has purpose for me so when a child grows he shall not depart from it meaning god is so conscious about this thing when child comes back from something you see Ask, what do you learn in school? What do you learn in, 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 children, in children's church? What do you learn in Sunday school? What are the scriptures I have learned? You see, some of us, even if we are not careful, our children will be teaching in scriptures, but you see, being intentional about it to help you. So that child knows that, hey, if I don't, one, one mommy story that I heard, oh, her son was celebrating her, said that, hey, if you come back, we don't eat before we go to church on Sundays. When we come back, we are about to, we are sitting at a dining table to eat. And he asked you what was the scripture that was shared in church today when you went to children's church. If you are not able to quote, you are not eating that morning. And you will not see you sit down at the dining table all over to finish eating, you are not eating that morning. So when you go to church every Sunday, you are let. You are let. Some of us, we didn't have that privilege. So some of the privilege that we had was that when we go, they give us the money to go and do, give offerings. We will divide it into two. We go and then go and buy you go to the rest. Mercy. Oh, I said mercy. Me, I know somebody who did that. Oh, the child went to church and then was following the adults. You know, the churches where the offering bowl will be in the middle and then they would dance from your chair. Oh, I hate you. And the child was going, ah, go to the offering bowl, empty hand. And then, hey. <laughs> when we closed, he was, they were at the, at the, at the, at the, at the where they were selling the biscuits at the top. He said, he was telling his friends, his, 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 his escape himself, share. Today, I trick God. <laughs> uh, I trick God. Some of us have the testimony that we have. <laughs> mercy. Someone say, mercy. He said, they are pretending they didn't do so, but the one beside you is the one who did it. <laughs> amen and amen. Tell it, we have been children before. Uh, no, no, if I say that, it will look like I'm the one who did it. You, you have been. <laughs> Give the Lord a clap offering right now. So Paul tells them, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he said, I commend you to God, meaning I commit you to God and unto the word of his grace. He said, to the word of God's grace, which is able to build you up. Oh, it's amazing. I have not been able to finish meditating on this scripture. I discovered this scripture more than 10 years ago, and the scripture is still rich to me. I commend you to the word of God. I commit you into the hands of God's word, which is able to build you up. Meaning the word of God is like a mason. It can build you up, fabricate your lives, and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. So your inheritance in Christ is dependent on the word of God that you know. So, when you come to the house of God, be desirous of God's word. Listen to me. Whoever and wherever we are gotten to in life is a product of the word or the revelation that we have. The revelation you do not have, you cannot manifest. The revelation you do not have, you cannot experience. What you cannot see, you cannot have. So, you need the revelation of God's word. And uh, last week, I started sharing with you on the subject of the promises of God. In Second Peter chapter 1, you read the verse number 4. The Bible says, Whereby are given unto us great and exceeding, great and precious promises, that by these we might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The Bible is telling us that our escape from the corruption, the word corruption means decay, it means ability to die. It means mortal. It means a program for destruction and for death. He says that we escape corruption. How? How? He said by the word of God. The promises that have been given to us. 
He said, whereby are, are given unto us exceeding uh, great and precious promises. He qualifies those promises and tells us that they are not ordinary promises. But number one, they are exceedingly great and they are precious promises. And he said that if we have these promises, we will partake in the divine nature and will escape corruption that is in the world. There is corruption in the world. He tells us from that scripture, it's implicit that in this world, everything dies everything is destroyed so you buy a car before you have driven the car for a few a few weeks a few then you realize ah the car that you bought brand new there's a part that is rusting that is rusting away that is corruption that is decay that is decay that is taking place you buy some food when you want to buy the food the food looks so sumptuous and so nice in fact it was so nice when you went to sleep you were dreaming about the food but by the time you woke up there were maggots in the in that nice food. Corruption is taking place. Corruption is taking place. You are a footballer. You are a sports athlete. You are stronger than the people in your generation. After some years, oh, you wake up and your waist. Hey, now you cannot run like you used to. Corruption is taking place. Unfortunately, it's as though that thing is now coming down. Now, you have 20-year-old, 30-year-olds and they are saying my waist. What is wrong with you? Wait till you get to 70 years. And even if you are in Christ, 70 years, you can still escape that. Glory to Jesus. So corruption is in this world. That's why I just want you to understand. But the Bible says that by the promises of God, we can escape the corruption that is in this world. The corruption that is in this world. When you say corruption, don't think about it. It's only politicians that corruption affect them. No. We've used that word for politicians so much that when we see it in the Bible, we forget that it's, it's a biblical word first. Corruption. It means that it is mortal, subject to death and to decay. But the Bible says that by the promises of God, we can escape. If I somebody told me that naturally I am supposed to die, naturally I'm supposed to be destroyed, naturally according to the circumstances surrounding my life, I'm supposed to fail, but then there's an escape route. I think if I'm a wise person, I'll ask, give me the way I might escape this thing. Are, are, are we together? Sickness is a, is a part of corruption. Poverty, lack, all of them are manifestations of corruption. And now somebody is telling us that we can escape this corruption. And he said that by the promise of God. Then what am I supposed to do? If I'm going to escape them, I must major on the promises of God. I must understand what they are and how to use them to help my situation. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So, in you study the scriptures, you realize that there is something known as the promises of God. And it comes to provide us comfort. It comes to empower and strengthen our faith. It tells us that God is working in our situation. And this is so comforting. Somebody may ask, that, ah, if it's a promise, how are we sure that it's going to come to pass? He even gives us history to show us that he can fulfill his word. Last week I shared with you Joshua 21, 45. He said, not a single one of all the good promises, NLT, uh, that the Lord gave to the family of Israel was the left unfulfilled, meaning not one good word that God spoke to the Israelites failed. Every promise he gave to them, he fulfilled. They came to pass. If he gave them promises and it worked, we too, he has given us promises. He has given us promises. It's a good point to clap. Do you know, do you know why? Do you know why? It tells you that God can be faithful. If God could be faithful to them, he can be faithful to you too. Why? Because the same promises that he gave them is also giving you. That same God who gave the Israelites promises has also given you, a Christian, promises. So what caused the children of Israel to be more powerful than the nations of their time is because unto them pertain the adoption, pertain the glory, pertain the covenant, and pertain what? The promises. Let's take a quick look at Romans chapter number 9. Romans chapter number 9. The verse number 4. If I let me read from verse number 3, so we'll get a context of how Paul was addressing the physical seed of God, the physical
physical seed of Abraham, the, the children of God. He said, but I wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh. Meaning he has countrymen who are not according to the flesh. And that's you and I. He said that, who are the Israelites to whom pertain the adoption one? So you realize that the Israelites were the first to be adopted. They were adopted. But you also realize that in Christ, hallelujah, God has given us the spirit of what? Adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So when you are in Christ, you have been adopted. When you are in Christ, you have been grafted in. Oh, you don't understand me. When you are in Christ, it does not matter your background. It does not matter the color of your skin. Listen to me. It even does not matter what you have done or not done. Somebody may think that we are in Christ because we are righteous. We are not in Christ because we are righteous. We, we, we did not deserve it. But God looked through all the undeserving and he chose us. Oh, hallelujah. And when he chose us, he brought us and he planted us into himself. So we are grafted into the tree. We were once not worthy. He said, I am the vine. But we were not part of the branches. Israel was the branch. Israel was the branch. Jacob was the olive tree. It was the original olive tree. We, the Gentiles, listen to me, everyone over here. Physically, you are not an Israelite. We are not part of the commonwealth of Israel. And we are not connected to Abraham by descent. Naturally, not possible. But in Christ, all of that is fulfilled. And we who were once far away, who were once not a people, who once did not have an identity, now he has brought us close. Hallelujah. He has brought us from far away. And not only did he bring us close, the Bible said now he has grafted us into himself, planted us into himself. So now the same life that passes through the vine now passes through us. The same nature that makes Jesus great is the same nature that is working in us who were once not deserving. So we have been adopted. Said, pertaining adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. And the promises. These are the things that made Israel great. When we look into the New Testament, we realize that all of these things have been given to us. But he amazingly, he says, ours is much more. Ha, much more. Hey. Oh, much more. So, if he promised healing to the children of Israel, to us, he has gone beyond healing. He says that divine health, the opportunity to live a life where you will never be sick. If he promised resurrection to the children of Israel, to us, oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you something? The child of God is not promised resurrection. The greater promise to the child of God is eternal life. A chance not to die. (laughs) Glory to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ours is much more. He promised forgiveness to the Israelites. To us, it is not forgiveness. It's a remission of sin and a state of sinlessness. We are not only, we have not been made righteous. Now we are the righteousness of God. That is much more. Is, uh, is, uh, is, this is becoming too common. It's as though now I just leave and some people are not in the church anymore. But I think we have to grow up. I think we have to grow up. Uh, we are, uh, we've been feeding on milk for too long. We've been feeding on feeding on milk for too long. So I think I have to be teaching along these lines more. Because I think many of us have to rise up now. You see, let me tell you something. When you don't understand some of these things, you realize that you will be having repeated sicknesses. You realize that you keep having relapse of problems. You realize that you'll be going in circles of pain, circles of troubles. Why? Because you have not understood your liberty as a child of God. You have not even understood who you are. You have not understood where you have been placed. Do you know that you have the right not to get sick again in your life? You have the right not to get sick again in your life. Can I shock you with another thing? Do you know that you have the right never to be sad again? Never to be sad. 
feel disappointed or feel discouraged about anything. It, it, it sounds highfalutin. It sounds as though this is impossible. It sounds as though, now, you pastor, what are you talking about? Let's be real over here. You see, you are being too real. So you real that you are not being worthy. And I say worthy, I mean W-O-R-D-Y. I mean that you are not putting yourself in the word. So you are not enjoying the word of God. You are not manifesting the word of God. You are manifesting what you call reality. So you are manifesting the reality of the life and the circumstances around you. That is why in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says that be not conformed to the world. Meaning it is possible to be conformed to the world. To experience the things that the world experiences. In the world there's ups and downs. In the world there's highs and lows. In the world there's disappointment at certain times. But it said that do not be conformed, aligned to this pattern, but renewed by what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It means that you have to change the way you think. The way you are saying that, Pastor, this thing you are saying doesn't sound real. God is saying that you have to change that way of thinking. You have to be realigned to a new reality. You have to be realigned. What you have been taught since you are a child, God says that forget it. And pick up a new information. And pick up a new information. And pick up a new information. And that is the only way you can transform your life and transform your situation. But be transformed, metamorphosed, be changed. You can literally change your life by changing the way you think. And when what you are thinking, the further of your thoughts, what you eat, what you chew on, what is your reality is the reality of what God has said in his word. Then you begin to walk in the liberty of the sons of God and manifest the glory thereof. So we all with an open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of God, we are changed into that same image, the image of the glory that we are seeing in the mirror of the word. When we look into the word, we see Jesus could not get sick. When we look into the word, we see Jesus was glorified. When we look into the word, we see prosperity and victory. When we look into the word, we see all the glories of God manifested. He said, as we keep looking and allow that word to change the way we think, we are transformed, changed into the image that we are seeing. How? By the Spirit the Lord. By the Spirit of the Lord. Actually, you can literally change your life. You can change your health. You see, my mother is over here. I used to have rhinitis every morning. I'll be blowing my nose. You see, you don't need a trumpet when I'm in the house. I'll blow it for you. And then my Mother will come and catch me, and then she, and then they say, I, how do you go? And then they pour something in your nose. You see, it's like cocaine. When it enters your head, ah, ah. <laughs> and then a GSS student, I'll be trying to tell her, no, according to science, you are killing me. He said, you, I'm killing the wound in your head. <laughs> Is it the way some of you are laughing? It looks like you have also suffered like me. <laughs> and they'll be pouring the thing into your nose. And yet, I was still not getting better. So my mom was quite worried. Because according to the... Uh, the, the <laughs> I don't want to say she was a herbalist. But she was <laughs> according to the traditional herbal, whatever. But after some time, the problem should go. Uh, her child's problem was still going. It continued for many years. Me, so everybody was afraid of touching my handkerchief. <laughs> because surely, goodness and mercy. <laughs> so, I could not even use perfumes. I could not use perfumes. If I use a perfume right now, it will be, I, I will not, the whole day, my whole day will be messed up. And then I began to discover, I became born again. I began hearing the word of truth, the word of his grace, the truth of what Christ has made available to me as a child of God. And I began to meditate on it, think about it. Ah, if for a number of years, still, I was still blowing the horn. So it's just like someone said, ah, if the prophecy is free, why is it that? Hey, me too, the prophecy took some time. 
Christ was working it. Meditating on it. Confessing it. Speaking it over my life. Sometimes while the nose is running, I'm still speaking it. Speaking it. I don't know when that was after morning sickness left me. What has happened? As I beheld in a glass. As I beheld that healing is possible. As I beheld that health. You know, that's why maybe maybe uh, I'm, my healing ministry is quite effective. Because I have been through something and I held on to the word of God. I didn't give up. And I saw the healing manifest in my life. So, beholding us in the glass. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. Let, listen to me. Your life oh, can be beautiful. In fact, according to the word of God, out of Zion cometh the perfection of beauty. <laughs> and you are, you know, you proceed from Zion. He said, We have come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, unto the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to an innumerable company of angels. Oh my God. My neighbors are angels. He didn't say, I am coming. He said, I have come. I have arrived. Someone say, I have arrived. I have arrived in a beautiful city. He said, out of Zion proceeded the perfection of beauty. There is excellences of generations. I represent Zion. Say, I'm beautiful. It's when you understand these things, you will never look down on yourself. Eh, eh, I'm not nice. I'm Listen to me in Zion. Even if your nose is cute, you are still the perfection of beauty. Do you understand me? You are still the perfection of beauty. Why? Because of your identification. And you see, can I shock you? I, I have realized this. Can I shock you? You can come with Q. And every before you came in, everybody said Q is not nice. But stay in Zion for a little while. A little while. All those who are saying Q was nice, very soon, somewhere, somehow, the Q will begin. Well, either the Q will change or the Q will become beautiful all of a sudden. And many of you, haven't you realized that now people are saying that you are looking nice, you are looking beautiful, you are looking nice. How many of you, are, how many of you have realized that? Yeah. It's Zion is working on you. I said, Zion is working. Tell somebody, Zion is working. Somebody, Zion is working. Listen, don't, don't be worried about too many things. Just dwell there. Just dwell there. Jesus calls us to abide. Just dwell there. Remain there. Don't worry about now that it looks as though things are not happening. Oh, happening. No, 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 no. They will happen. They will happen. Just stay long enough. Stay long enough. And continue in these things. Continue in this. He gives us certain things. He calls the promises of God. He said, and by that we become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in this world to last. That promise is the declaration of our assurance that God is, is, is has covenanted with you by His word. I share with you that promise is a declaration and assurance that one will do something or that particular thing will be done. He said, I promises assurances God gives his covenanted people of his abiding goodness if they will remain faithful to the terms of the covenant. They are, they are God's word of commitment of himself to the people of his love. Meaning, by those promises, God says that I, if, I, if this thing don't come to pass, I'm no longer God. He has entered a vital... Listen, we could have entered a covenant where he's a bigger party, but then he doesn't need to give us any assurances. He doesn't need to give us any assurances. In business, it happens all the time. When somebody's a bigger force, he can enter into an agreement and he will kill the agreement for only him to get favor. But because you get some coins, you will agree with him anyway. But God chose that in the covenant, he will give us promises, benefits as part of the covenant. And he said that the reason he added the covenant was so that he will be binding, it will be binding not just unto you, the lower party, but it will be binding unto him himself, the greater party. Said so that if he breaks any one of them, his integrity is broken, his faithfulness is broken. That they cannot be trusted anymore. So the promises of God are the foundation of 
our solid faith. If you say you have faith in God and you don't have even one promise of God that is backing your faith, it is not faith at all. When you understand what the promises of God are, you get strong and bold faith. Why is it that I can go into a vehicle and not be afraid that the vehicle will get, get involved in an accident and I'll die? How can I travel and I know I'll get to my destination safely? Because I have a word from God. And all of that is captured in the scriptures. It's captured in the scriptures. The Lord has given me certain assurances. The promises of God, they form the foundation of the believer's faith. It forms the foundation of what you believe. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he tells him that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you meditate in them day and night. Do you know what? Because he knows in the book of the law where the promises that he had made to the children of Israel through Moses. So it tells Joshua, you are wondering how you become successful and great. Go to the book of the law. Keep meditating on it. He said that when you give yourself wholly to these things, then you will make your way prosperous and you have good success. I see successful people coming out of this place. I see great people coming out of this place. Why? Because God has given you an assurance. He has given you an assurance. So the more we hear and meditate on the promise of God, the more we grow in faith. Romans 10, 17, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more faith we receive, the more we are launched into our manifestation. Jesus said in Mark 9:23, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. How can you believe without hearing? And what do you need to hear? The promises of God. The promise of God, the assurances that God has given. Look, let me just take you. I, I wish I had time to go into the details, but I told you last week that according to Bible scholars, there are over 3,000 promises, assurances that God gives in the scriptures. Over 3,000 of them. He ah, cry anywhere. God will commit himself in so many ways. So the psalmist said, What is man that you are mindful of him? That you think about him and you have committed your world into his hands. The works of your hands, the works of your fingers, and you have made him lord over all of them, making him a little lower than the angels. So let me just take you through some 10 promises of God that when you have these sins, you are going to have assurance. Number one, God promises to give us rest. God promises to give us rest. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, come to me all you who are weary and you carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is a light one. God says that come unto me if you are tired and I'll give you rest. That is an assurance you should have. No matter what you are going through when you turn to the lord and say lord i have come i have come that means that you are saying that lord i have come to receive rest i have come to receive rest and rest is available for you as a child of god i said there's rest available for you listen to me and this one is something that he tells unbelievers so when we are not born again he said come now that we have come we are not coming anymore we have now entered into his rest. So there's rest for the child of God. I said there's rest for the child of God. Rest means refreshing. Rest means that the struggle has come to an end. Rest means that the pains are being taken away. Rest means rest. Say I have rest. Is it, when you know these things, you breathe easy. I have rest. Rest from struggles, rest from turmoils, rest from pains. Number two, God promises to take care of all our needs. He promises to take care of all your needs. So if you have a need, he says, I have given you a word concerning that. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me, and I'm reading from the NLT, uh, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He will take care of all your needs. He will supply all your needs. He said this same God. That's why he said in the King James that my God shall supply all. How many of them? Are you looking for food, clothes, shelter? Listen to me. Everything is available. As everything is available, he will give you a place to put your head. He will give you food to eat. He will give you clothes to wear. He will give you water to drink. And he will add extra to it. Why? He said he will supply. He said my God will supply. 
so you are you are believing or you are trusting God for something go to this scripture meditate on it you are struggling with a lot of things you have no peace of mind go to Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 number 3 God promises to answer your prayers he promises to give us answers to our prayers Matthew 7 7 ask and it shall be what given to you as you receive seek you find knock the door will open unto you he didn't say may he didn't say it may he said it will Matthew 7 7 when I read some of these things I go crazy because I, I was taught I was taught when I was growing up that whenever you are praying and asking God for something it's either yes no or wait when I read this it doesn't look like there's a no over here doesn't look like there's a no over here I've struggled with it for many years until I started studying the Bible myself. You can receive an answer to your prayer today. I say you can receive an answer to your prayer today. I say you can receive an answer to your prayer today. And we have so many testimonies to confirm even in this church. So many testimonies. Number four, he promises to make everything work out for our good. He promises that all things will work together for our good. What are you looking for apart from this? Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Do you love God? Oh, come on, talk to me. Do you love God? Is it, you are not sure. That's why you cannot say it very well. But do you love God? Are you called of God? Then it means that you are walking in this tool. That means that a prayer board is also true concerning you. He will cause everything to work together. That person who thinks that they are fighting you, no, they are not fighting you. They are working for you. I've realized that I've gained more popularity among those who are my critics than those who are even uh, on my side. Because my critics go and mention my name at places I will never go. That, 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 that young man, that young man here. Who's that? <laughs> So what is, is working together for my good? One day, somebody was criticizing me to one young lady. Said that that pastor Kronipa, so and so and so and so and so. And the more she he was speaking, trying to make me bad, the more it seemed as though ah, no 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 no. The, now the, the lady said that I want to go and look at for myself that the person has become a follower. <laughs> The person has become a follower. The person has become a follower. Somebody was saying that that pastor Kroniba, he he he, he think he's trying to make himself a prophet. And now the people are now asking, ah, are you saying that Pastor Kroniba is not a prophet? And then they went to test for themselves. Now they say Pastor Kroniba is a prophet. <laughs> you see, they were pub- they, th- they thought they were working against me, but I they don't know I have a scripture working for me that all things work together for my good. If you are going through a bad situation, don't get worried about it. You see, some of these things took away my worries. I remember some years ago, oh, uh, when I had applied for the university, KNUSC, and then uh, the names came out on the internet. I want to buy the car. I went to check on the internet. My name was not there. And when I came home, I, I looked as so nonchalant. And my mom asked, what, <laughs> what, what happened? I said, I didn't see my name. And she was so scared. Like, ah, and she started insulting me. You are not a serious guy. You something like that happened. You won't be wild so that we look at what is not there. Why? Because I know a scripture is working for me. All things work together for my good. And you know, eventually, somewhere, somehow, God began to connect other people and they ended up working for my good. Before they realized, I think I'm the first person in a greater crowd who received my letter of admission. Because when I went to pay my school fees at the bank, the, the teller who was receiving the fees was saying, ah, are you paying? Am I my son also? My son has not received it. I said, hey, madam, pay my thing. Uh, pay my thing. Glory to God. When I entered the school and we're going to uh, the hall to go and get our rooms, all the, all the people who were coming to, they're having letters. All their letters were photocopied. They were not originals. My, my letter was the only one that was original. All things work together for your good. All things. Did you say some things? Listen, you were in a relationship. It didn't work. Don't be there and say, hey, all women are bad. All men are bad. No, don't worry. It 
to silver together. You may not understand. That is the mystery of God. That's the mystery of God. He's able to take something that is not nice and work it out so that it will be a blessing to the generations. All things work together for God. Give three people a high five and tell the person, things are working for your God. Things are working for your God. Things are working for your God. Hallelujah. He promises all things will work together for our good. Let me, let's rush through. Our time is already up. Number five, which is that number five? He promises to be with us. We are never alone. Oh, glory to God. Joshua 1 5 said, I will not fail you or abandon you. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with me wherever I go. Listen, when we understand this, no kidnapper can kill us. Because when they catch us, they have caught God. So we and God are there. But we don't know these things. So kidnapping. Now there are videos going around and they are saying that they are, they are, they are, they are kidnapping people and they are harvesting their body parts. I saw a gruesome video just last week and they are cut various parts, private parts. They were chopping the bones, the bodies of human beings like they were chopping, they were chopping chickens. me. Oh, Bashataya. He said, I will be with you even unto the end of the age. I'm not afraid. It can happen to them, but it cannot happen to me. I have a promise from a God who can never fail. I have a word from him. Many years, uh, some years ago, when we had traveled to Dafiama for a crusade, uh, the, the driver who took us, it was a very tattered bus. And he delayed us for almost one whole day. So we lost one day of our missionary journey. Well, he went to the bus was so... When we were going back, dilapidated bus, we had not even traveled much. And then the bus got spot again. So as soon as we got to visit Tamale or one of those townships, we went and we boarded every different vehicle. Before he could say, Jack, we have carried all our things away. <laughs> and we left him with a sport bus over there. Now, when we had arrived... The driver started calling Clara uh, because she was the one coordinating the outreach and threatening her that we should send him his money. We should send him his money. He said, ah, you didn't bring us. Which money do we owe you? He said, if you don't send the money to me by Thursday, I know where I'm going to take you to. And then we, we got connected to him by another driver who had served us before. So the driver also started calling and saying that, this man, I know him. This man, I know him. You, you, you pay back. I'll pay the rest. And so Clara called me and said, hey, this person, as I they call me Brian. So if, if you tell me, I said, Master, your job is done. You are to organize the crusade. Let's go and go and do your order. Your job is done. That night, I went to do my prayer time. I prayed about other things, prayed for souls, prayed for people, and then I, I got to that point. You see, you need to have prayer points. You see, some of you go to pray without prayer points. That's why you sleep. But you don't know what you are praying about. It's time to pray, Lord. It's time to pray. Oh. You wake up before you rise. Oh. Uh, write your prayer points and go and deal with them. And don't go and shogologo till you sleep. Hallelujah. So I got to the point, I was about to start praying as a father, and I said, ah, I got in contact with this man because of the work of God. Lord, if this is because I'm serving you, this man can kill me. Let me die. I left. I didn't pray about it again. It's been about five, about five years now. When do you go to that piano? It's about 2017. This is it's about five years now. I don't know whether the Thursday has not arrived. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I saw, I saw this. I, he said they would do this. We have to be careful. I lost my carefulness. <laughs> I lost. He said, be careful for nothing. When I saw that scripture from that time, I became carefree. Hey. You see, sometimes people say, you are very smart. He thought, I, 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 I said, I don't think. I don't think. They come to me. The ideas come to me. What I need to do comes to me. 
oh, you worry, I think, no, stop thinking too much. That's why you're having a headache. Leave the headache to Jesus. So he said, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cared for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. So why are you caring about other things? He cares for you enough to take care of you. He cares for you enough to supply your need. He cares for you enough to protect you. That thousands shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand at thy right hand. It will not come near you. How basha. Did you hear the testimony that our sister said? When I prophesied to her, and I said that God will protect them. You see, that prophecy was just, I was just repeating the promises of God. All the people in their workplace, they contracted COVID-19 and they were sick. But only her, only her, up to now, she has never contracted the disease. He said, a thousand shall fall at my side. So please be careful if you fall at my side. I'll be suspecting you. Because it says that the reward of my enemies. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you fall, I may wonder whether you are my enemy or not. Glory to Jesus Christ. Some of us, the funeral that we go to and go and cry, you don't need to cry. Maybe it's your enemy that has fallen. <laughs> oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise and celebrate the Lord. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He promised to protect you. Psalm 91 verse 2. Hallelujah. He said it will be your safety. Be a safety glory to Jesus, right? I think there's still too much to talk about. So let me wrap it up over here. Let me end over here so that we'll continue uh maybe one last time next week. Next week is going to be an awesome service. It's uh it's a three service. That's the last Sunday of the month. Glory to Jesus. But I'll put this message in there so that we can complete the subject of the promise of God. What's been blessed today? Now, do you know why you can trust God? When you are praying, do you know, you see, take note of the scriptures. These are your prayer points. These are the things that you go to God about. And in fact, the truth is that they are not even prayer points. They are confession points. They are things you build upon and you declare that because God is true, I will never be alone in life. I will never be sick in life. No demon can attack me and win. I am untouchable. Oh, glory to Jesus. I am untouchable. Why? He said, they shall not, the thing shall not come near me. How, how can it come near? It's only when it comes near that it can touch. He said it cannot come near me. I'm using that word. I'm using that word. The Lord is going to honor his word in your life. I said the Lord is going to honor his word in your life. Rise up to your feet for just a few minutes. I want to just pray in the spirits. Pray in the spirit. Jude 20. Jude it contains only one chapter. So Jude 20 means Jude chapter 1. The verse number 20. Jude 1 20. Jude one twenty, and we are going to do something. He said, "But beloved, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Your most holy faith is the highest level of your faith at every point in time. So when you came to church, you had the level of faith. Now you have heard the word of God, right? That means that you have now come to a higher level of faith. So that level is now your most holy faith. And he said, "How do you build yourself over there? Praying in the Holy Ghost." Praying in the Holy Ghost. Tonight during the miracle service, we'll be praying. But this morning, I want you to spend the next six seconds and you are going to pray in the Spirit. Praying the Holy Ghost means praying in tongues. Praying under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And what are you doing? You are driving the word into your heart so that no demon can steal the word from you when you leave. Are you ready to pray right now? Say in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, as I pray in the Spirit, let my faith be stirred up to the next level. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice, everybody. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Pray as hard and as fast as you can. We have just one minute to pray. We have just one minute to pray. Within the next five minutes, we must be out of here. So we are spending one minute in prayer. Pray as hard and as fast as you can. If you don't speak in tongues, receive that anointing right now. Receive that impartation of grace. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. The assurances of God are too many. The assurances of God are too many. He said he will not leave us nor forsake us. Oh Lord, I am with you. Even unto the end of the age. Ribano Shetele Ketata. Mambele Bele 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 B
Riba Shatalabaya, Mandola Baba Cotesia, Libre Sopalene, La Palababa, Ragada Bashate. Come on, pray the spirit. Begin to see yourself in the word. Begin to see your future in the word. Begin to see the glory of God in your life. Oh, as we behold with an open face the glory of God, we are changed into that same image from glory to glory, from glory to glory. You are rising in glory, you are growing in glory, from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Favorable advantages are coming for you. Advantage.
advantages that are beyond what you expected will have been released for you. Amen. You will walk in advantage. Amen. I said you will walk in advantage. Amen. What you least expected is going to be released for you. Amen. The Lord said I should prophesy into your week. Yes, this week certain things are going to work together for your good. Amen. What you thought is going to fail is going to succeed. Amen. It's going to excel. Amen. It's going to excel. Amen. The Lord asked me to share that thing with you because it is a prophecy concerning your life. It's a prophecy concerning your life. Hallelujah. It's a prophecy concerning your life. Yes, the same people that you are negotiating with, yes, they'll bring better terms. Amen. They'll bring better terms. Terms that will put you at advantage. Amen. Receive that grace upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. so shall it be. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise and celebrate him here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It shall be so in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. The promises of God. Take time. Study about them. Study about the promise of God. The book of Ephesians we are reading this month. We have just one more week in this month. Go and study. Read one chapter a day. By Friday or Saturday you are finished. Read one chapter every day. Departments. I saw something on the protocol page. Yes, this morning I was like, wow, they have broken it down. So everybody, you 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 study one chapter or something, and then you give an audio, you you preach to them for five minutes by audio and post it on the page. I said, wow, very powerful, very powerful. I hope they do it. <laughs> amen and amen. But if they do it, that is very powerful. The other department, what are you doing? And for those of us who are also not in any department, heaven is watching you. When heaven finishes watching you, I will also come and watch you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Get involved. Do something for the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezeropodipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.